everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And I am here today with my best friend, my wife of 20 years, the Amber Soli. And uh, I'm excited because we actually thought as we were approaching our 20 year anniversary, it would be a great opportunity uh, to sit down and talk about some of the things that we've learned on this journey, especially with hopes that maybe those who are listening today might uh, hear some things that would encourage them, inspire them. And with the end goal, hopefully of adding some value. And so uh, we're going to talk about our journey today. Yeah. 20 years. 20. Happy anniversary. Years. And uh, man, it just, it keeps getting better and better. Um, So Amber grew up in central Washington. I grew up in Tacoma and we, uh, we met just after I got out of college. Just before. Just before I got out of college. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. I remember and uh, <laughs> went from uh, meeting to developing this friendship and relationship to dating engaged. And uh, we were married April 5th yeah. of 2003. Yeah. So just celebrated 20 years. And for that, we actually sat down and kind of recounted some of the experiences of those 20 years. And so we want to share some of yeah. those really quick. And then we have kind of seven keys, seven principles that we've found important. And then I think we'll share a few quick hitting thoughts on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to be as authentic as possible. It hasn't been an easy 20 years. Right. It's been awesome in so many ways. But so what are some of the things that we came up with the past 20 years? Yeah. So we sat down like right before our 20 year anniversary and I was trying to reflect on like the amount of things we encountered. And so we came up with a list. Uh, We've moved 10 times. Right. So like we've literally lived in 10 different homes, houses. Right. That's a lot of packing. Um, We've owned this. This was crazy when we counted up. Yeah. We've had 16 different cars. Oh my goodness. Slash vehicles. 16. That's a lot. That is a lot. But we had some really bad cars extra grace required yeah cars. yeah i drove a 1970 dodge d200 pickup truck that yeah. i bought from your father yeah for 200 dollars. yeah and i learned on the way over snoqualmie pass that i could see the freeway through the floorboards yeah i, I remember, remember that, that. Yeah. yeah that was fun mm-hmm. yeah uh 16 cars uh six surgeries yeah okay and this has been a part of between us yeah i think well yeah i think yeah, between, between all us. of us yeah yeah i had my appendix out you Not had your tonsils exciting. out. Yeah. And recently, most recently, you've had yeah. a, a couple of vocal surgeries. Yes. Two yeah. vocal cord surgeries. In fact, this is the first time speaking in a mic pretty much since both of those surgeries. Yeah. So in a year and a half. Yeah. And for those who yeah. maybe don't know your your journey, you, man, a little over 10 years. No, oh, longer gosh. than that. Long time ago. Shortly after we got married, we started yeah. noticing decreasing vocal strength yep. uh, in, in your, in your vocal cords. And so we went on this journey, you went uh, to the ENT, you did scope scans, you did vocal therapy, you did yeah. all these things. Medication. We, yeah. We came to find out that you had a condition called spasmodic dysphonia a neurological condition Yeah. and was treated for a while, but then uh, that ultimately led to two surgeries in the last like year and a half now. Yeah. 
Um, it's pretty cool to hear people come up to you and say, I can hear your voice. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. making progress. Making progress. Yeah. So six surgeries, uh, two trips to the ER for stitches mm-hmm. for neither of us. That's for one of our children who we won't name. Uh, but justice has gone to the surgery center multiple times for stitches. <laughs> um, four dogs. Right. Four dogs. Yeah. And currently the two in our home are named. Jack and Mia. Jack and Mia. Yeah. Um, three foster kids. Yeah. Yeah. Three biological kids. Yes. Yeah. And so that fostering has been a part of our journey. It has. Yeah. So at one point we were parenting five children at one yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. And did we have two dogs or one dog at that point? I'm trying to oh, remember. We had one. One. One dog. Yeah. Yeah. So that a was. A full car. That was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. But yeah. amazing, amazing journey. Uh, yes. Countless vials of insulin and juice boxes yeah. for the low blood sugars. That's that's for me, by the way, yeah. um, being type 1 diabetic. Uh, 10 half marathons. Yeah. We were trying to count up the exact number, but I think between the two of us, at least. We're close to 10. Yeah, at least. Well, at, at least, least 10. 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, road trips, ski trips. We yeah. love skiing as a family up in the mountains. Uh, beach trips. Uh, enough pounds of coffee to have started our own coffee roastery. True or false? Definitely, yes. Definitely true. Yes. Uh, Big time coffee drinkers. The joy and the journey of serving the church in different cities for different seasons. So uh, when we got married, spent time on staff at a great church, Eastridge Church, up in Issaquah, Washington, on the east side of Seattle. Yeah. Had the joy of serving as executive pastors at Stone Church, the very church we got married at. That's right. Yes. In Yakima, Washington. In Yakima, Washington. And then served as youth directors for the Northwest Ministry Network before making the journey back to Tacoma in 2015. Yeah. Eight years. Right. Eight years. Time flies. Crazy. Um, Let's see here. What else? Uh, countless I love yous, I'm sorry's, and mm-hmm. we are in this together. We'll talk a little bit more about that because I think that's that's important. Uh, laughs and tears, highs and lows. Yeah. Um, and a lifetime of memories and moments that definitely make me say, as I was reflecting on 20 years and even today, um, I'm blessed and I'm thankful. And yeah. so, you know, like you said, and this actually leads right into the first of our seven keys. You mentioned a key word for us, which is authenticity. Right. Why, why is that such a big deal to you? And why should that matter to maybe some couples who are listening today? Yeah. Without authenticity, um, nothing is valuable. Nothing is real. People can admire our strengths, but if we're not authentic and transparent about struggles and weaknesses, then where is the hope found in being a follower of Jesus? Like fake does nothing for us. So authenticity is key. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in those, I think, vulnerable moments of, I would call it appropriate authenticity, right? Because you don't want to be like a mess. Just every now and then I'll see people just venting everything to the world on social media. And I'm like, okay, that's not authentic. That's oversharing. Yeah. Um, But I think being the real you. Yeah. And, and I think also we've talked about this different times, fighting that temptation of just having like a quote unquote Instagram marriage where it's like, it's all about the cleverly cropped photo or, you know, just this picture perfect and trying to, trying to bring people into the real life stuff. Yeah. Because that's where all of us are living. We're yeah. all living in the midst of real life 
stuff. So we think that's yeah. that's one of the keys, right? Is is definitely pushing towards authenticity. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about this second key. Uh, you talked about the importance of having your identity. Yeah. In Christ. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Yeah. So I thought over the past twenty years, what is the one thing? That has made this marriage sustainable. This made it good. Um, and I would say without a question, the fact that I have my identity in Christ. So before I'm your wife, before I'm a mom, before I'm a pastor's wife, before I'm on staff at a church, whatever it might be, I am a child of God. And so that's where my identity is. Yeah. It's where my strength comes from. And so I don't have to look to you for validation. I don't have to look to you for purpose or significance like it's great when i get those things i think love languages is important yeah. you try to give to your spouse what they need yeah. but ultimately my first identity is in christ yours is in christ so i can trust you if you're having a bad day maybe being a jerk i know your identity is in christ rarely which happens. never hardly ever happens <laughs> but i know the holy spirit is going to work on yeah. you and the holy spirit is going to work on me yeah. and so without that initial identity um the past 20 years would have been way more difficult yeah yeah no well said and you mentioned something there the the love languages there's a book for those of you who maybe haven't read the five yeah. love languages kind of important i think yeah especially for those of you who are married but also for those of you who have kids because i think as our kids get older we're observing more and more what their unique love language is how they express it how they feel loved yeah um and so the five are i know you know but let's see here words of affirmation yeah gifts mm -hmm. acts of service quality time yeah and touch yeah physical touch physical touch there yeah. you go so those are the five i'm actually slightly amazed that i remembered well done all five well but, done. uh yeah you know that that idea i remember we were talking with one of the couples that we met with during our pre-marriage counseling and one of them made the point of why it's so important that your identity really is in Christ, that the two of you, if you are not complete in Christ and you're looking to the other person to provide what only Christ can provide. So that mm -hmm. sense of fulfillment, that sense of identity, that yeah. sense of significance, value, yeah. you are putting a pressure on your spouse right. that they actually cannot right. fulfill. To be your and savior. We yeah. have all of these, often in our relationships, we have these unmet expectations. And sometimes right. it's simply because we're not two whole people. Yeah. And so finding that sense of wholeness and when yeah. you bring that together with another person who has that sense of wholeness, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And I remember, yeah. I'm trying to remember who said this to us, but somebody made the comment, when you find two people who are collectively, they're content in Christ and they're running towards Christ, right? all of a sudden you'll look beside you at some point and notice, oh man, this person's running the same race. Yeah. Like we're in this together already. Yeah. Let's let's team up let's and be stronger. Up. Let's do yeah. this. And so, yeah. I love that. So what would you say though, if somebody's listening and maybe they're a follower of Jesus, but mm. their husband or their wife is not? Yeah. So how does that that point Yeah. Well scripture scripture kind of talks about that. Paul gives some directives and some teaching on yeah. those of you who find yourself in a marriage like that, if they will stay with you then like be faithful to that and reveal Christ to them through that journey. 
Because again, yeah. you can't, you can't, I, spoiler alert, you cannot change your spouse. Absolutely. Like whether it's they have a hard time putting the clothes away. Again, hypothetically, mm-hmm. that's me, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. I, I have a certain spot that I like to drop clothes and I get reminded every now and then like that's not where they go. And I'm like, yes, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. But uh, the the dynamic here is there's certain things that every couple is going to experience. But if you're in a marriage relationship where one is a Christ follower, one is not yet a Christ follower, Scripture calls us to reveal Christ in the way that we live so that our spouse could come to know Christ and believe. And so understanding that, being prayerful about that, using discernment and wisdom, leaning into the truth of Scripture. Um, And I would just say, man, don't don't grow weary in doing good, especially for those who have kids, because your kids are watching your faith being lived out and expressed. And again, that's not to put a pressure on anybody because we are content and complete in who we are in Christ. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? Uh, No. Other than if you're not yet married and you're in that situation where you have a faith in Jesus and the other one doesn't, um, I definitely push the brakes on that because it's going to be so much more difficult yeah. down the road. Yeah. So it, it honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor. I don't think we're saying this because we're pastors, but, um, I can't imagine doing marriage yeah. without Jesus. Yeah. Um, you're literally colliding two worlds. You know, there was yeah. this moment like in our marriage ceremony and the two will become one. You know, and it's like it's both instantaneous, instantaneously true, yeah, and not true because this becoming one is like this lifelong right. journey. Yeah. Okay, so uh, number one was authenticity. Two was identity in Christ. Yeah. Three, here's the the third key. Kids are an addition and a blessing. Mm-hmm to the family that started with marriage. Right. What does that mean? Right. Well, I remember when we first got married, we waited like three years to have kids and people would come and ask us, hey, when are you going to start a family? When are you guys going to start a family? And we would say, we are a family. We already have a family. Yeah. Like it's us. Yeah. 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 And we we learned through our pre-marriage counseling process that uh, we, we heard some leaders speak into this. Right. That when you are a married couple, you are a family. Kids are a blessing, but they're already in addition to that. And and I get passionate about this one because I've looked at each of our kids in the eyes and I've reminded them, the day is going to come where you're going to grow up, you're going to move out, and that woman is still going to be in love with me. In right. other words, like she's the one I made a covenant with. I didn't make a covenant with you guys. <laughs> um, we are together yeah. forever yeah. and we we love our children we've right. loved the joy of having foster children in our home and the blessing that that's been yeah but we me and you we yeah. are a family yeah. before kids were ever added to right. the equation right and why, why do you think that might be helpful for some people to hear because i know you've probably heard stories i know i've heard stories of these marriages, like people who they get into their, you know, mid 20 years, 30 years of marriage, kids move out of the house. Yeah. And all of a sudden you watch these marriages yeah. implode, yeah. dissolve. Right. Yeah. What What would you say about that? Yeah. I see. I think back to identity, if a mom or a dad 
puts their identity in their children. So in those child raising years, they become the sole priority, the sole um, reason for living. Then once those kids move out of the house, where is your identity found? And so just to remember that you and your husband were a family, you and your wife were a family. And before the kids ever came along, they're an additional blessing. They're a gift from God. But ultimately, um, you're a family. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this, this specific conversation isn't about parenting, but let me just throw a little quick sidebar. Um, you know, I've looked at each of my boys different times, especially as they approach their teenage years. And I reminded them, Hey, when you talk to your mother, you're not just talking to your mother, you're talking to my wife. Right. And so watch your tone. Yeah. Um, because you're not just dealing with mom, you're dealing with Tyler's wife. And so, um, every now and then you just got to kind of remind the ninos, the children about that. Uh, number four, the seventh key, Yeah. give the grace you want to receive. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. I think an anger or frustration or hurt, it's so easy to be self-righteous and justify why the other person was wrong. Um, but if you can give yourself enough space to breathe and step back and just consider none of us are perfect, yeah. we're all in need of grace, yeah. we're all in need of a savior. Yeah. Um, and so being willing to extend grace um, in the fashion that you would hope yeah. to receive grace, it makes all the difference. It's huge. Yeah. None of us are grace graduates. No. None of us are perfect. Yeah. And the moments that like you said, I think you have to step back at times. Yeah. Because our emotions are real. Yeah. Disappointments are real. Right. Frustrations are real. Yeah. But grace, we have to remember, like in its simplest form, it's unearned. Yeah. Undeserved favor. Mm-hmm. And when we remember, that's how Jesus loved and loves me. So both past tense and present tense. Right. At the cross, yes, but also in the middle of my mess today. Yeah. If I can be loved like that by a perfect God. And I believe that he saved me and he's changing me and transforming me. Then maybe I can express that same type of reality to the person that he's put me in relationship with, which should be our most important earthly relationship. Yeah. So quick side note, there's no other relationship on this earth that is more important than your spouse. Right. So for those who are listening and maybe you're like, well, you know, I just, my best friend, I, I get so much out of that relationship, even more than, than my spouse and eh, stop time out, like hit the reset. Yeah. It should not be that right. way. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why what's sad is I think in our humanity, we sometimes find it easier to extend grace to complete strangers more so than the people who are closest and most dear to us, which seems problematic if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We seem to set a higher standard for those we're closest with and less willing to extend grace. Yeah. So it's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Do you think that's at times because we, we put, we don't mean to, but we put each other up on this, on this pedestal of like, you know, we say all these beautiful vows and like the flowers are perfect. The hair is perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. And, and then when it doesn't turn out, maybe yeah. like we when thought disappointment, disappointment. Yeah. 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 
Mm. Okay. So that was number four. Here we go. The fifth key, honor your marriage and your spouse with how you speak about it with others. Right. This is huge. It's so big. Yeah. You just brought up friends, like close friends. A lot of times for girls, it's a sister or it's a mom who's a best friend um, or maybe is a different friend. For the guys, maybe it's just one of the guys, you know, about that better than me. But um, to watch what we say about our spouse to anyone else, if they were in the room, would we say those words? Right. And if the answer is no, whatever it is you're talking about, if it's about their flaws, your intimacy, whatever it is, yeah. you really have to protect and guard that. Yeah. So um, moms and sisters and best friends, there's some things that still... I should only be discussed between yeah. husband and wife. Absolutely. And that's that's a big thing because if your spouse feels like you are being dishonoring with their words, yeah. I think it sows a seed to ask questions of if they're willing to dishonor me with their words, how else yeah. are they willing to dishonor me? Yeah. And we see this a lot in sitcoms, right? I know right. one of the shows that we laugh at and we love is Everybody Loves Raymond because the characters and the caricatures of marriage are just so well written. Yes. Like really, really some funny moments. Yeah. Um, but there's some dynamics every now and then where you see them navigate that tension of how they talk about one another, right. not to one another, but to other people. Yeah. And I think there's the principle is, do we talk to each other about each other? Yeah. Or if you're saving those things just to like vent or confide in, and you're not willing to like maybe confront or confess those things to one another, that becomes problematic over time. Yeah. So. And obviously we're not talking about a counselor right. situation. Like those are places that yeah. often you do need to talk yeah. and share. Yeah. Um, but point. this is more pertaining to gossip or yeah. intimacy. Yeah. That... And just, just being honoring. Yeah. 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 In, in right. your communication. Yeah. Uh, number six, get in alignment with spending and finances. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, some of you might be aware, but the leading cause of divorce in America. And there is there is some statistics out there that say that the divorce rate in the church is not actually that different than those within the church. I've also heard conflicting stats on that, which is rather encouraging because those who are in an authentic relationship with Jesus and engaged in biblical community, the success rate of marriage is quite a bit higher. Yeah. But Dave Ramsey, and if you've never taken financial peace university, we would recommend that yeah. we've, we've gone through it a number of times, Yeah. but Dave Ramsey would say that the leading cause of divorce in America is money issues and yeah. money fights. Yeah. And so if you could eradicate a huge reason why people get divorced, yeah. which is money fights, yeah. um, why wouldn't you right. lean in and, yeah. and get on the same page with that? Yeah. And so we've, we've done this from pretty early on. Yeah. We put together a spending plan, also known as a, a, budget. a budget. Yeah. 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 It's huge. It's important. So I think to be in agreement on what your goals are. So you need to have a why oftentimes with a budget or spending plan. But if we come into agreement that our goals are whatever they may be to retire at some point, to be generous, et cetera, we have to agree on that and then work together. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's helpful not just to set it and then walk away from it. So Amber, just all acknowledge, she is way better at this than me. Because uh, I'm often like, yep, that looks good. And I'll, I'll walk out of the room. But I think you have to be willing as a couple to revisit. Yeah. Like revisit the numbers, revisit your values. Yeah. Revisit like your spending plan so yeah. that you can continue to be on the same page. Because if you can decrease tension in that area, yeah. it's amazing how much peace kind of flows into other areas of life. Yeah. I know one of the great needs that you've expressed to me that you feel as a wife and as a woman is that sense of security. It's important. It matters to you. And so if I'm just being you know, careless in how I'm spending money and no thought, no rhyme, no reason, it actually strikes a nerve in you of like, hey, yeah, like we're not we safe. need to plan. We yeah. need to be safe, yeah. right? Um, and so understanding, and Dave Ramsey talks about this principle, like usually in every marriage, like you're going to have one nerd and one free spirit. The nerd yeah. is the person who's like building the Excel spreadsheet. The free spirit's like, I just want to go spend money. Um, and so we'll let the listeners try to figure out who is who. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if you need help, ask for help. So many churches have either financial peace or they have different, yeah. um, financial classes. Okay. Yeah. Um, key number seven. So I'm going to recap these really quick. Number one was authenticity. Number two is having a strong sense of your identity in Christ. Yeah. Number three, kids are an addition to the family that started in marriage. Number yeah. four, give the grace you want to receive. Five, honor your marriage and your spouse with how you speak about your marriage with others. Six, get in alignment with spending and finances. Seven, here we go. Laugh together and find things you enjoy to do together. Yes. What does that So mean? important. You know, every phase of life is different depending on your budget, your family structure, if you have kids, if you don't have kids. So sometimes that is just putting the kids to bed, taking a bath and reading, right? It's like yep. just making time to, it doesn't cost any money, but it's taking time to be together, to do something. Um, we often on Fridays, we'll go for a walk together, yep. go yeah. to breakfast together. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we hit on this earlier in our 20 year recap, but uh, for a long season of our marriage, we would run a half marathon together every year. Right. And so what that meant was we were training together because you don't right. just go out and run a half yeah. marathon. Like you got to work up to it and build up to it. And so for us, that was a pretty inexpensive hobby. Right. Like yeah, so after Saturdays. You shoes, it was like, okay, let's go for a run. Yeah. And back then, back in the day, it was like, I was pushing the, the double bob stroller because stroller yeah. I had faith and justice in the stroller. Judah had to grow up real quick. He was on the bike. Yeah. Mia was somewhere. I don't remember where, but she was. Mia the dog. Yeah. Helping. Yeah. yeah. I should probably clarify. Everybody's like, who's Mia? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, going out, running, being yeah. in that space. Uh, you know, we, our family, we love skiing. So there's been times even this year that me and you, we just broke away and we're like, okay, Kids, you're going to school. Yeah. We're going skiing. Yeah. You know, and so finding things that you love to do yeah. together, but also laugh together. Yeah. Like don't let all of the time that you're together always be about like serious things. It doesn't mean you don't have to deal with serious things, but right. if you can't laugh together, man, 
Yeah. Like life is just too short to yeah. not enjoy the journey. And so I'd encourage people to, to laugh together, uh, find things to do to enjoy one another. Yes, I will let you read between the lines on what I mean by that. Uh, but you got to keep the marriage healthy. So um, before we go, a few quick hits. Okay. okay? So All these right. these are just different statements, different thoughts that I know different times we've uh, spoken on marriage, preached at marriage things. Yeah. Uh, these have come up. Okay. Uh, never go to bed mad. Yeah. So huge, right? Well, actually, it's from scripture. There's a verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Oh, However, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah. But when we were engaged, we talked to my grandparents who had yes. been married for decades. Grandpa and Grandma Bents. Yeah. Sweetest yes. couple. Still so in love. Still, like, honestly. I, my heart melted meeting them yeah. because they're in their 80s yeah. like and just deeply in love. Amber's grandfather was a World War II prisoner of war survivor. Yeah. Actually got shot through his helmet, still had the scar on the top of his head yeah. from a bullet wound. Yeah. And uh, amazing, amazing godly couple. Yeah. And I remember we were over at their house in Yakima yeah. for Dutch Baby. Yeah. Your grandmother made Dutch baby yeah. for us. And uh, we were asking them about marriage advice. Yeah. And they looked at us and they said, Never go to bed angry. Never go to bed angry. So yeah. there's a quick tip. Don't go to bed mad. That might mean some late nights. Yeah. But it's worth it to stay up yeah. and work through it. Uh, two, get around marriages that you want to learn from. Yes. Okay. This is so big. So yeah. when we were engaged, we met with multiple couples of people yeah. who are much further down the road than us. Some maybe a decade, some maybe two or three decades. Yeah. But just ask them to pour into us and speak into us. And yeah. that made a big difference. Yeah. We saw things in them that we actually wanted to learn, not yeah. just what do you do, but how did you get there? Yeah. And so I think the more that you can keep this, even as a rhythm, as a practice, yeah. I know you and I will talk about like, Hey, we should get together with so-and-so because yeah. they just seem like they have so much joy in their yes. lives or, yeah. you know, different characteristics that we want sharpened yeah. in our own marriage. So, okay. Uh, quick hit. Here we go. Um, you don't always have to be right even when you are. Okay, so let me speak to this one. I had just proposed to Amber. I was a young youth pastor. I was going on a hospital visit with my senior pastor. We were visiting a man who had been in ministry for a long time. His name was Herman Rohde, Brother Rohde. And I walked in and Pastor Steve said to Brother Rohde, hey, Pastor Tyler just got engaged. Do you have any advice for him? And he did not even wait. He looked at me, he pointed his finger and he said, you don't always have to be right, even when you are. And I think that is the best marriage advice I think I ever received. Yeah. Because here's what I've learned over time. There's there's moments that I know I can prove that I'm right. No. And if I do that with you, guess what? I still lose. <laughs> yeah. It's not, a, it's not a winning strategy, right? So yeah. I think so many couples they end up not experiencing traction or even health in their marriage because they're so busy fighting about who's right or this right. or that. And why not just throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what? I could try to win this argument, but even if I win the argument, I'm still going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose out on connection with your spouse. You're going to lose out on intimacy with your spouse. You're going to lose out on laughter with your spouse. And some yeah. people, they, they have their heels dug in so 
far into the ground. And, and some couples listening to this, maybe like you've been fighting over something that you can't even remember how it started. Yeah. Like there's just been this low grade tension for a few years or a few decades. And yeah. I would just encourage you to listen to brother Rody. Yeah. You don't always have to be right. Even when you are. Okay. Last but not least. Try to outserve and outbless one another. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, you've been so good at this. Oh, so I think thanks. waking up in the morning and instead of wanting to be served, just considering what is a small way I can show love to my spouse. Maybe it's your kids as well. It can be just a principle in relationships, yeah. but how do we um, wake up with a heart to serve? Yeah. How do we outserve or yeah. outbless? So you often bring me coffee oh. in bed. It's my favorite thing. It's just because I'm a super early morning person. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 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 But that, that principle I think is so true because I know the days that I'm conscious of that thought and I'm like, okay, I'm going to outserve Amber. I'm going to outbless her. The crazy thing that happens is you end up feeling like the one that you are getting blessed, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's that principle. It's, it's a, I think it's a kingdom principle. The more we give, the right. more we receive. Yeah. And so pouring into that relationship and out serving and out blessing one another versus me sitting here going, well, until she serves me, I'm going right. to be sitting here. Yeah. Um, that's not going to lead to a good place. Right. Or if you're just sitting there going, man, until they bless me, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything to help. So, um, man, this has been fun. Yeah. It's been fun it to walk down fun. memory lane with you. Yeah. Yeah. I really do appreciate um, you know, even, even as you opened with authenticity, like I look at our lives and all of these things, it's not like we have them perfect. Like we're still working Absolutely. on every single one yeah. of these areas. Yeah. yeah. It has to be, marriage, it has to be a daily marriage, just like choice. our faith. It's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just like salvation, salvation in a moment of God's grace, we are justified. Yeah. But there's this lifelong journey called sanctification. Mm-hmm. which I think God uses marriage to actually help in that sanctification process. Tim Keller wrote a book about that. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called the meaning of marriage, the meaning of marriage. And uh, he does a great job drawing that, that analogy out. And for those who are curious, I know over the years, um, both you and I have written blogs on marriage and marriage thoughts. And so for those who are listening and maybe you want to read a little bit more on some of the thoughts we've shared over the years, because I think the first thing we did like this was like on our 10 year anniversary and we were like 10 thoughts on 10 years of marriage or something. And then I was looking through my blog the other day and it was like, Oh, there's 14 and there's 15 and there's 18. And, uh, but anyways, for those who are interested in checking those out, you can jump over to either my blog or Amber's blog, either Tyler or your blog is live abundantly dot today, live abundantly dot today, or it's also Amber which redirects to live abundantly dot Yes, but that's right. Hey, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Yeah, let's keep doing it. Yeah, I I like this. So thanks for joining us today as we talked about 20 years of marriage. Hopefully you experience incredible blessing in your journey, not only with your spouse, but your journey with Jesus.